This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. They were teasing this movie in a way that made it seem like a heist. Providing insight. His dance is just excellent. So graceful. Commentary. They shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And conjecture. He has found himself in a world turned upside down. And now, Gutterball. Good here. Connection seems strong. Seems strong now. Hasn't broken right. up in a while. I swear to see it's that second network. It's been me this whole time. I think it has. You've been lambasting your daughter. Right. I and go it's in been there, me. You know, I got my cigars, burner with the cigars. The message wasn't getting through. It was you all along. I just <sighs> had to, yeah, I just had to be on the other, uh, the other internet. That's it. Well, I hope you self-flagellate tonight. Yeah. Would you remember in the uh, debate, it was George W. Bush versus John Kerry. I'm going way back now in presidential politics. And George Bush said, internets. (laughs) And a lot of people ridiculed him for that. And today, a lot of people say internets, like sarcastically, it's just actually become part of the lexicon. I I had forgotten where that came from. But uh, it all got lost in the in the noise, honestly. Yeah. But so here's the thing, you know, you may know this about me. Maybe our listeners don't. You know, I am an IT professional. Are you? And I'm here. Tell to me say, more, Brad. Tell me more. I, I'm here to say George Bush is was correct. Actually correct. He's There's correct, multiple right? internets. Right. There's the internet we all use. This isn't 1968, for God's sake. But sakes. then there's special secret internets. Only known to us uh, special professionals. 4chan. So I I switched to a second to the to a second internet, and now our connection's good. So all right. So that's only like a like a secret internet, but not a top secret internet. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. I would say from now on, use whatever internet that is. Yeah. It's a better internet, I think, where. You know, Comcast can't throttle your podcast. You mentioned 4chan. That was, uh, did I? I think I said. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't let's say. Let's not mention 4chan. 4chan. Uh, something very much different than that. The hacker known as 4chan. So for, anyway, so for chance, continue. let's talk about the Big Lebowski. Yes. Maybe that's well, what you heard. I don't know. That's what I heard. Let's get into Big Lebowski. Do right it. into it. Just let's right do it. into it. Just Sometimes right in. we get right into it. Other times it takes us forty minutes, but let's start out at least. Wait, I forget. with a little token Lebowski. Talk. Do we do the revisit before we? Because we're. A, I see what you're doing here. We're going to play the minute, but do we do? I wasn't revisits? saying that. No, let's, let's revisit and then we'll play the. Okay, minute. we're allowed to revisit though before we have to. Yeah, let's revisit. Revisit. Okay, because I got a lot of revisits here. Oh, a lot of revisits. All right. Well, lay lay them on us. Then. Not a lot, but I think that they bear discussion, so they may go longer than. I don't know. It doesn't look like a lot, but it might require some talking. It's deceptively, it's a deceptively dense, dense amount of revisits right. here. All right, we're, go. We're going to wage our war on the evil forces of the Decepticons. At 67.18, last minute, right when we transition to this scene, the screen goes white, perfectly right at the end of the minute. So to begin this minute, it goes white, which fades into the backdrop for Marty's dance recital, right? Right, that is correct, sir. 
boom, we come in, we realize... I don't know what I realized when I first watched it. I don't think anything. It was another befuddling moment of this movie where it goes on uncomfortably long when you don't really know what you're looking at, what you're supposed to be, or what you're supposed to be taking from it, or what the relevance of these images is going to be. Because your first viewing, are you really going to remember back to episode, like, or minute 26? That's an hour ago. And you're going to remember, like, an offhanded statement. All you're going to remember is the landlord well, even was trying you... to connect, collect rent from the dude. It's like, yeah, you I mean, even if you remember that, how could you like, possibly? There's no indication, you know, that this is what that would be at first. <laughs> right. Even if you just so happen to, by a fluke, be thinking, what about that landlord? You'd think he was. He a... said, are you going to come by to see? Like, you wouldn't even be sure that's what this is. This could be like, are we back at Mod's loft? Is this some weird other art performance? Like, you don't necessarily know. That's interesting that you would mention Mod's loft because we have two extremely earnest artists here. And it's really easy, I think. Well, I don't know, maybe not. I was going to say it's easy to pile on to Marty as the quote-unquote inferior artist. And Maud is obviously more well-off, fancier, throwing out words like Biennale, talking to some Italian Sandra person. And Marty is at his community theater embarrassing himself. But who are we, Brad, to judge these two performances? What is, what's Maud doing? Slinging herself naked down a hallway and, like, splatting paint on a canvas? What's Marty doing? Isn't his work just as earnest? Without a doubt. I would say more so earnest. Maybe even. more, right? Maud kind of knows her shit camp. is pretentious and overwrought and overvalued. She knows it, you know? And that's kind of why she's doing it. Feminism and, like, gotta be poking fun at herself a little bit or the art form, but maybe not. And if not, then definitely Marty blows her out of the water. Because, I mean, yes, it's hilarious, but, it's, uh, you know, he has to tumble on a mat here, one of those blue mats from gym class. So you gotta do that. If that's a 360 he's doing on the ground. He's rolling over. He has to climb on a chair, Brad. It, two of its legs come off the floor. I'm just saying. I think you're agreeing with me, but I want to be sure you're not just making fun of me. No, no, I'm completely agreeing. Completely agreeing. Y you need to you know, restate it back to me in your own words, though, because I, I still don't believe you. <laughs> well, this is reminding me of a quote from Tom Sharpling. Reminding you in that you just Googled it? Well, I had to look. I wanted to get the exact quote. Okay. In order to, I'll let to you say off this time. To, to do that. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, he says, and this is, he was talking about uh, Insane Clown Posse. He says... I think, wait, 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 before you go on. Yeah. Tom Sharpling, I know this because our, our good friend John... Yes, right, like, the Moog Squirrel. He, yeah, the Moog Squirrel... Uncle Moogie. ...has put him in there as an at reply in Twitter sometimes. And so, finally, I was like, I got to see who this guy is and he's like a host of a radio show yes that is no no longer but recently came back i think something like that something yes, like that a right cult, has a big cult following right. 
the best Tom, show, the best, best show. show, right? Yes, the best Tom show, Sharkley. or is that like the Superman? I think it's just best show. So that is like the, I just made an ass out of myself. All right, but you know, I could be making the ass of myself because I don't really know. I may be making asses of both of us. I'll just edit that out. You make an ass out of you and me. But that's just not true. You have to assume things. You know, you just have to. You, nobody knows everything, do they? Yes. These assholes that are unwilling to assume anything. Like, fuck them. Yeah, fuck. What do you... How, make all some of a sudden assumptions you know everything? and move forward. Yeah. Please. Fucking A. Get over it, man. So, Tom Sharpling. This is a quote. And the reason I know this, because I don't necessarily follow Tom Sharpling's work that closely, but I see this quote pop up on Tumblr every once in a while. And what uh, this quote, so this is Tom Sharpling. Even if someone makes something terrible, like the music the insane clown posse makes, at least they're doing something that speaks to them. And they kept going, even though people told them it was terrible. And they found their audience. And now they built a community around their work. Look, you couldn't pay me to listen to their music, but I still feel like I have more in common with the insane clown posse than I do with someone who just sits on the sidelines and shits on other people's work and who never puts themselves on the line. I mean, has there ever been a truer thing said? I mean, I agree with that fully. Yes. So I'm going to say yay to insane clown posse, yay to Tom Sharpling, yay to Marty, Marty, without a doubt. Marty Donovan. And I suppose perhaps yay to Maud? Perhaps. The jury is still out on Maud. Does it speak to her? That's my beef with it. Does her art actually speak to her? Or is she doing it for... I don't even know. Well, and is she using it as a lever to claim superiority over other people? Hence shit on other people's work. I mean, so I guess the one thing, you know, in this Sharpling quote is... You know, what if you put yourself out there, but also shit on other people's work? Hmm. 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 Well, I think that's kind of maybe the situation Maude is in. Although maybe she doesn't really need to put herself out there. So what she's making while is seems avant garde and strange to us is actually the mainstream of the bizarre um, art community that she's a part of. Well, and let's put it this way. She didn't like. Make her bones? Is that a phrase, or did I make that up? She didn't make uh, her bones as an artist, an artiste. Her family just had money, right? They have all these, like, unless you're yeah. insinuating that they so have all bones, these things. you mean clams. Clams, right. Or Jones, or Dones, or Loans. Vagina? <laughs> oh, you mean coitus. All right. Did she come from money? I say yes. Mother had all the money. She says that. Yes. So it's very easy to be a trust fund person, so they tell me, and just do whatever the fuck you want to all the time. Yes. So is she Not, really putting herself out there? Yeah, I would say no. No. And actually, much like the titular Lebowski as well. Putting on airs is what she's yeah. doing. They both get access to this woman's money. Right. And they get to put on these airs. And shit on other people. If you yeah. want to talk about Each someone other. likes the shit on other people. Both of the them. The titular Lebowski. Right. He right. takes such delight in smearing his feces on those he considers lesser. But is, your question is, is Maud doing that same thing? I don't know. I'm, so I'm thinking of actual evidence of that. You know, I think we might just be trying to stereotype her. Maybe. 
as you know the the kind of person she comes off as like this cliche art totally pretentious total feminist women are all women are everything men suck i'm in my art all i do is my art it's all that matters that kind of shit that the kind of cliche you're talking about yeah, I mean, I, I mean, art snob is really all I would put it at, really, right? But what about this, then? What, almost one of the last lines of this movie, maybe the last third line, I could look it up, I don't feel like it, is the stranger saying, I also happen to know there's a little Lebowski on the way. Why? Because Maude really just wants to be a mother. <laughs> Think about that for a second. True. That's her big thing, you know? good part of the especially the part of the movie we're in right now is Maud sort of like manipulating the dude again smearing her feces all over him manipulating him into getting this physical where god knows what happened with that nice doctor man so for all of her airs and all of her pretenses she just wants to be a mother i don't have any other things that's just it right well I don't think there's anything more to say about that. I mean, it does perhaps. We pulled well, a you know, I've never quite thought of it, but yeah, it's maybe that for all of the painting her with broad strokes as a cliche, I guess you could say there's that humanize her. I mean, it makes her maybe more sympathetic, although also saying she's a woman and then she wants to be a mother. Is that also just another cliche they're piling on from one cliche to another? Like, it's an empowerment thing, because she doesn't want the father to be involved. Yeah. Well, and granted, you know, all all of these characters are pretty broad, and that's the wonder of the movie. Yeah. Hmm. So. The wonder of the movie. I like that. The um, wonder of cinema. Well, yeah, I know. Come experience you know, the wonder. That's your transitional piece into another revisit, which isn't really a revisit supposed to come later but I don't care. The reissue, reissue, I don't even know what to call it. 2001? Yes. On film, in cinemas, everywhere? Yes. Everywhere, except... Is it on film? It is on film. So you you go into a theater with one of these digital things, it, it ain't gonna be there? They move it aside and they put a film projector in they there. They put a film, yeah, nice. Ouch. <laughs> Which is probably why... Like you told me, it's only in the UK. Yeah, that shit won't float here. Ugh. Well, who was uh, who was it pissing everybody off? Was it Americans have no respect for the art? Mod is completely right. Who is it? Soderbergh, who insisted that uh, all of his this movie he had. I just read this. I have no idea. But one of these directors released their movie. It's like you must show it on film, or you can't get it. It's like. Are you shitting me? Like two years ago, <laughs> 90% of the theaters in the country switched over to digital. And it's like, you're telling me we can't have your movie? <laughs> Unless we, like, what? What? Go down to the basement and reinstall the film projector? <laughs> or, like, Should buy only cost a new one? <laughs> $25,000. $25,000. It should only cost $250,000 if they have to, like, buy one and have it delivered right. and installed. <laughs> I forget who that was. Ugh. I mean, that's some nuts on whoever that was. Yeah. I wish it was. You know, at the end of the day, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out if film is actually better. I 
Me either. Me either. There are days where I'm like, it's so much better, and then there's other days where I'm like, actually, but are digital you, is better. Are you talking about your still photographs or motion picture photographs? I'm talking about my still photo. I mean, I'm okay. looking at the still photographs. Granted, I don't see how you could even have that debate with yourself. Why is that? Because you think, which one do you think is obviously so much better? Let's write it. We'll both write it on a piece of paper. All right. Which one and Adam then, thinks is better? And then hand it to each other at the same time. Okay. So no, because I know what I'm going to say, but how can we... I, can I trust you to say and be honest about which one you think is better? So I'm going to say... For still photographs. So I'm going to say what wait, I think so wait, we'll you go, wrote on the piece of paper. We'll go one... No, you're confusing the issue. We're both just going <laughs> to say what we like. Come on. Okay. I know what your trick is. We're, I'm going to say I'm what gonna, I like see? or what I think you like. Right. Exactly. You say... So one, two, I three, and then we both you say You would it. say right. that you would like, okay? No, I'm just going to say what you don't like. So here we go. One... Say what we don't Two, like. Okay. What you three, don't think I don't like. Got it. Film. Film. We both chose film, but I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think you think film is better. I think that you think film is better. But you, you're you saying, no, you like digital better. It depends. Better. Again, it's a complicated case. Lots of ins. Lots of outs. Lots of what have you. Which, speaking of, okay, I'm going to make another diversion from oh, this topic. Boy. What have you? Walter says it in this minute. Yes. It's another one of these. One character says it, then another character says it. Oh, it's not just shit. the dude doing it. Wait, does he? The dude I just says said yes offhandedly. I wasn't really paying attention minute, to what you were Walter saying. Walter says what Walter have you? Walter just says what have you? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even notice that. Oh, after the what have you. Of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. After the what have He's you. referring to uh, Marty's performance after the, uh, the, the what have you. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's what a, ha- Walter, yeah, this performance is, I don't know. I love to think about talking about what Walter thinks about this. Well, and that's the thing, like, Donnie and the dude, like once Walter says, okay, Arthur Digby Sellers branded bulk of the series, they're like, okay. The dude in particular is like listening. It's like, okay, I get it. And then the dude and Donnie are like wanting to focus and concentrate on Marty's performance. Yeah. Like whether it's from confusion or interest or a combination of the two, it doesn't matter. Like they actually want to watch it. Yeah. Like the dude is watching his performance intently. Like he's kind of just like talking to Walter out of the side of his mouth while his eyes continue to follow Marty right. for the most part. This and is then, the, well, he's got to give some notes, man. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's trying to think, shit, I have to give this guy notes. What the fuck am I going to say? Perhaps. He's also, the dude shushes Walter. Right. Toward the end. He's like, okay, hey, hey. Yeah, he's like, come on, okay, enough. Hey, shh, shh. I'm trying to watch this here. Yeah. (laughs) He points at, hey, shh. Like, this has gone on long enough. We get it. But look, there's, Marty's performing his cycle. And Walter, meanwhile, is already in his suit. So he was at home or at the office. And however, in 1991, however you research this sort of information and find out that Larry Sellers' father is Arthur Digby Sellers, however you do that, 
as the head of Soapjack security. He went home and did that using like a system of bums and uh, like carrier pigeons or he, something. He like had to pay. Yeah, he had to like pay off bums to spy. Right. Like in what was that? What's the network of bums that the guy has? I just saw that not too long ago. The bum net? The bum net. Right. The bum net. It was a movie, I think, or a television show. I don't remember. Oh, it's um Sherlock. Damn it. You watch, Sherlock. You don't watch Sherlock? I liked the uh, the original movie that was based on Network of Bums. <laughs> Netbum. Point two. Anyway, Sherlock pays off the bums everywhere. That way he always knows what's going along in the city. I think, uh, and I yeah, think he Walter's learned that from Walter. Yeah, he watched The Big Lebowski over and over again. It's like that's what Walter did. Because L.A. He was able to deduce that's the only way Walter could know this stuff. L.A. is and the only place. And he was like, that's a great idea. That has enough bums to pull that off in this country, probably. Except maybe Philadelphia. No, no actually, all offense. Screw anybody who lives in Philadelphia. But yeah, he's got a network of bums. The bum net. There's no internet for him to... He doesn't go home on his... Uh, uh, I can't even remember what I had. I don't know. They might have something. There's some like There's primitive some, system. Right. There probably is something it's like, like a, that. It's it's it's. Uh, he pays three thousand dollars a month for the privilege of accessing it. It's like uh, they have has some word, like telex or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he's really so, excited. He puts his suit on and comes rushing over to the theater, and he can't understand why everybody else isn't just as excited as he is. Do you know what the title of this? I see. I heard you do that. You went. Eh. Uh, uh, you know what the title is? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the title of this, uh, this chapter. A stellar performance. A stellar performance. <laughs> the guys that made up these chapter titles are being a dick to Marty, man. Do you know how I know that? I only, I have an Apple TV. I finally got one. Uh, what? Eight years into the game or something like that? But we have Apple devices, so it's like, all right, I'll get that thing. And I can take my phone, and I can make it go to the Apple TV, and then it, I see it on my TV. Yeah, That's, it's like magic. It's like magic, right? I love that. But then what really blew my mind was, because I was trying to watch this minute over and over, but I wanted to watch it out there. I could use the Apple TV remote to rewind the movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure why that was so impressive. But that was really impressive to me. That somehow it's like shooting its way to the Apple TV. The phone is going to the Apple TV. And the Apple TV is doing... It's probably using magnets or something to do something pretty crazy. Some maglev. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that, that blew my mind. But when I hit rewind on the Apple TV remote, it said at the bottom, a stellar performance. Otherwise, I would not have ever known this. And I just did this. Like an hour ago. Nice. So here's another thing. This is what kind of, I don't know if it blows my mind, but I'll just say it blows my mind. It okay. blew my mind in that how well this worked. Okay. Apple TV wise. Just, this is our technology review portion of the show. <laughs> right. Let me type that in. You know, I'm going, so I have a Hulu Plus subscription and mm -hmm. I'm in. Yep. The Apple TV, and I'm going, okay, go to Hulu Plus. It's like, enter your username and password, right? And so, of course, you know, you have to use the Apple remote to enter in. Ugh. 
this password. Well, it's better it sucks, than a lot. especially because well, I use one password, so I have like this twenty-four right. character password. Let me type but out you, the first ten pages of Henry David Thoreau's whatever the fuck. Right, but here's what you do: you pull up the phone, and there's an app called Remote. No. That lets you use the Apple through your phone as a remote, but you pull it up, you launch remote, and it just comes up like, sh- enter your password for Hulu Plus, because that was what was on the screen. And I just type it in on the phone, or better yet, copy and paste it out of one password, just right in there and say go. See, that's nice. Pretty, pretty brilliant. Well, that's pretty good. See, there's brilliance on both ends. Huh. I still brilliance need Brilliance on both ends. There's brilliance on the both Walter ends. The Walter Sobchak story. <laughs> okay. Is is it? It's probably not an autobiography. No, or it's like no, it's an autobiography, but it's one of these ghost-written things, right? Yeah, it says brilliance on both ends. The autobiography of Walter Sobchak with Alfred Lorne Tennyson, special guest star, right? Kurt Vonnegut. All right, I only have one more revisit, and then we can get down to business. All right, even though we already talked at length about most of what happens in this minute. All the way up to the very end. Yeah, we're going we're to go back. I don't think we ever mentioned it. We may have mentioned it in the um, mod scene, her first loft scene. But this is the same physical location, this interior here. So it bears mentioning as the interior of Maud's loft. The Ma- Maud's loft is on the second floor, and this is the theater, or, or whatever, third floor. Th- but this theater is on the bottom floor. And really? Then, yes. So this is the downtown how, palace. How you know theater. this? I it's, I've seen it in multiple places. I cross referenced my sources, um, but I have a link here. If you, it's there's even Yelp reviews for this theater. It's called mm-hmm. the Downtown Palace Theater. But how do you know Mod's loft is in like the upper floor of this or whatever? I don't think it happened in the Yelp review, but there I found two different sites where it's. And it seems to be different locations, but they, it's like locations, filming locations for the Big Lebowski. I found two different ones with different locations, and both of them referenced this, um, this theater as being the same physical location for both. Interesting. Both scenes. And I want to say it's in our textbook, but I might be making that up. But it seemed to be pretty legit. I mean, there'd be no way to confirm it, really. Unless, Unless we, we went, went there. there. <laughs> Which could be in our future. It could be. It could be time for a road trip. I don't think... I don't know. Let's not talk about that. We don't want to say that we're going to, you know, have a two-hour-long documentary of our journey to Los Angeles and revisiting in person the filming locations for The Big Lebowski. Because that would be saying too much. Anyway, there's my revisits. Think I got them all. We should post some of these though. Some of these uh, links. I have the Yelp review. Definitely. Well, well. By the time, yeah, this is all posted on our on our website in the show notes. Gutterballs.tv, I think. Yes, yeah. Gutterballs.tv. Gutterdolls.tv/slash-zero-six-nine. You just as said this is episode sixty-nine. Gutterdolls, though, and I think that we need to rename oh, this podcast Gutterdolls. Because wait, that's creepy. It's like a Stephen King novel for the new era. Oh, so the way this podcast is called Gutter Balls. I thought you like knew that. that, like the dream sequence. I got all this time. I was like, Jesus, Gutter Dolls is kind of a weird name for our show. But all right, whatever, Adam. 
Gutter Dolls. Why on earth would I name a podcast Gutter Dolls? I don't know. That also explains why whenever I try to go to the website, it's like 404, <laughs> not found. Now, now I get it. Or it just says 404. What kind of sick fuck are you? Three question marks. Gutter Dolls. I've been Ooh. looking for a topic for a new photo book to, oh. to, to work some inspiration. Gutter Dolls. That could be it. I'm not feeling well now. I wish I could remember who that director was that was going to make everybody have film cameras. Is it Soderbergh? Who would be such a big enough asshole to do that? Well, I don't know. I mean, I know I haven't heard this. I doubt it was like someone like Tarantino as his movies aren't right. <laughs> are, are very commercially viable. No, but at the same know, time, oh, I, think I know was, he loves his film to the point that he might not like make any more. It might be Christopher Nolan. And he is also a big film holdout. But again, he's his films, unless this is some weird, small side project art house thing that he, he's done. You know, I don't think he's going to be like Interstellar can only be seen on 10 screens in the United States. Yeah, I just don't. It's not going to be that, obviously. Uh... Yeah, Nolan, Tarantino. I'm trying to think of some of the other big film. I mean, I don't think Herzog cares. I think no, I don't think so. Um, I Soderbergh seems like someone that's kind of embraced digital. Yeah, like Fincher. But that also doesn't mean he couldn't be the kind of guy that would like also do okay. This is a film, pro right? Like he's very aware. I think one of the like it's not just like yeah, digital film, whatever. I just want to point a camera to tell a story. He's very into like okay, this is the the material that I'm using, whether it's a film material or it's these ones and zeros. Right. I'm going to use them appropriately i'm going to play on their strengths and weaknesses in interesting ways right to capture the best images that tell the best story mm -hmm. yeah it was more a nolan type guy than a soderbergh type guy i don't know is tarantino working on another film i have no idea no idea what i, he's I remember doing. him really getting uh worked up over the whole digital conversion yeah he made that quiet though <laughs> he doesn't really care anymore i don't think I used to get worked up over the film to digital thing. In, but on both sides. It'd be like, give me six months and I'll have a completely different opinion. Right. Yeah, it's tough. That's why we had to do our uh, little Russian roulette film to digital countdown rocks, paper, scissors thing. Yeah, so what did we decide there? Well, you said I film, so... So, so when I said film, meaning that I thought you thought that I would like film. Right. But I did the reciprocal. Was it the reciprocal or was it the obverse? I think, no, you know what? It was neither of those. It was the antonym. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It was the antonym. So that's going to get confusing because now it's math terms to English terms. Vocab terms. So, hmm. It was the gerund. <laughs> it was the past yes. participle. It was the least common denominator. Well, I was just trying to s use a split infinitive. <laughs> okay, that's enough. A dangling. I've gone too far. far. Okay, yeah. But oh, so big. So we never actually did play the minute. No, it's time. We managed to go about 40 minutes in to do it, so that's perfect. I felt like it was a challenge. Well, it was a challenge, but we made it. We made it. We did it. 
It's yeah, close so this film. Yeah, well, I guess we'll just play the minute, then I'll, I'll, I'll have my little comments on what it is. You're going to start with this film? That's how you're going to start? <laughs> well, that's, that wasn't what I meant to say. I meant to say this minute, really. This minute is, um, I guess, you know, Stop as you right listen there. to it, you, I, I just really appreciate that they have this, uh, you know, pictures at an exhibition in the background, what I'm going to call kind of an avant-garde composition. And it just plays so perfectly with the dialogue. And then it's perfect in the next minute, the first five seconds of the next minute, which is the end of this scene. It just really becomes perfect. But this is kind of a build up again, you know, as these three. This is where we build it up. This is where we build it up. (laughs) It's where we do the whoa, 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 whoa. Is that Huey Lewis? I don't know what you that is. You are like in my head, aren't you? It, it wasn't was... sticks. Oh, they're still around. They're touring, man. You go to Morristown or Norristown. I don't remember. I never remember if it's Morristown or Norristown. There might be both. New Jersey, you can see them this month. They're touring right now. That's as close as they're uh, going to get to you? Yeah. It's like 250 miles away is the closest show. They can't fucking like come down to... Baltimore or DC or anything like that. Well, they're playing at like the uh, hilltop. NJ's is close. They're playing at like the hilltop restaurant in Hazleton these days. Okay. The Naughty Pines. Or the the Naughty Pines. Right. Which is, you know, not bad. I mean, they wouldn't be playing the Crowbar or, uh, you know, even Zeno's for that matter. They might get the back room of the Allen Street Grill who doesn't really have music, but would make an exception for them. Yes. Did you know the crowbar What's the, is what the, now called Levels? And it was something between crowbar and Levels, too, wasn't it? It was the cell block. The cell block. Ugh. I bet Stepdon really loved playing at the cell block. <sighs> All but one man died. <laughs> it's... They're at Bitter Creek. It's a very special musical episode. And they say he ran away. Got a balls, got a balls, got a balls. Branded. Marked with a coward shame. (laughs) All right, let's play the minute. Play the fucking minute. His father is Arthur Digby Sellers. Who the fuck is that? Huh? Who the fuck is Arthur Digby Sellers? Have you ever heard of a little show called Branded, dude? Yeah, yes, I All know. but one man died there at Bear. Yeah, I know the fucking show, Walter, so what? Fucking Arthur Digby Sellers wrote 156 episodes, dude. Huh. The bulk of the series. Oh. Not exactly a lightweight. No. And yet his son is a fucking dunce. Hmm. Anyway, uh, we'll go there after the uh, what have you. Embrace the kid, should be a pushover. We'll be near the in and out person. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. We'll go out there, we'll brace the kid. He should be a pushover. We'll get that fucking million dollars back if he hasn't spent it already. A million fucking clams. And yes, we'll be near the... Uh, In and out. Some burgers, some beers, a few laughs. Or fuck it. Yes, I love the Rimsky-Korsakoff. Or is it Ravel? We just don't know. But weren't you going to say, like, you were going to start out with this film or this minute, or did you exhaust all of that 
coming I, into I already the, said it pretty it's much. It's all done. That's all it's done. It's all done. It was just like, again, the score. I think I like, so we have these three, what I'm going to call the three fools. Our triumvirate. I like the idea of three fools. Yeah, it's kind of like a tarot please? card, I, the three fools. I don't, and then you see Donnie, Walter, and the dude. I don't want to ruin the excellent mystique we have going here, you know, for this podcast. But let's face it, more often than not, we're both feverishly typing in a Google document all of our random thoughts down. Yes. And we're both like in some sort of... Not a race, it's not really like a competition, but we're like, oh my goodness, if I don't write this down, I'm going to forget, I need to have something to talk about. But I see you doing it, I see your little pink cursor in the Google Doc, and then mine's there, mine's blue, and then eventually we call each other. But that'll be like 40 minutes after we were supposed to start recording. But neither of us, usually you break first and you call. Yes. I just wanted to point that out. Because I was watching you type this, what what I'm looking at right now. Right. <laughs> Which is what? Which is the the, the avant-garde. No, 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 no. I know that one. I, I watched a couple episodes of Branded on YouTube. Yeah, I only watched the like intro credit scene. That's good enough. We'll get back to that. The avant-garde composition is just so perfect for <sighs> this scene. Yes! And you thought I meant the the visual composition, the, the how they use the rule of thirds, yeah, I have and no the golden idea. spiral. But it wasn't. That's why I was so c- fucking confused. Because you're looking when you when you're behind them and looking out, like I don't like this framing, actually. Well, that's why it's avant garde, and that's what I thought you meant. It's like it's the ride of spring, Stravinsky. Well, how is that? I don't I don't get it. What is like taking taking convention and turning it on its head? Is that what avant-garde is? What is even is avant-garde? I don't even know. I couldn't define it if you put a gun to my head. A la I mean, Smokey and Walter. So avant-garde probably has a very strict definition of something like just something that is at like the forefront of style or fashion or okay. art. Well, what do you but define it as though? I would say it also has a comp it has a uh connotation as Something that's somewhat inaccessible to the average person or someone that is not like in the know or someone that also is not into the avant garde. Okay. I mean, I feel like. Are you saying that. Like, mod is kind of avant garde. Well, totally. Totally. Right. Um, and I think this composition, even though it's from like the 19th century, I think it's still avant-garde i would still call it avant-garde so it was avant-garde for its time and it remains avant-garde today there's something about being avant-garde that doesn't change like maybe you could say like pablo picasso and his cubism was avant-garde at the time but it's still avant-garde today it's not like they adopted it's not like you open up like entertainment weekly and every single image in there is cubist right there's still some level of Godard, Breathless. You don't yes. see movies like that. It's just, it still is what it, what it was back then. Breathless is still avant-garde. Right. It was very okay. avant-garde when it came out, and it's still avant-garde now. Okay. I would say, I would argue that. And you're saying this music is still avant-garde. It still seems avant-garde to me, right? See, I, I never it got that. It has some weird rhythm, like... some weird way it jumps back and forth from different things, and weird scales get thrown in. I, I don't... I'm not one of these people that sits around and listens to classical music. I've tried. 
I know that I should do that. It's something that is important, and I believe that it's amazing. And once in a while, I can get it into some, like, Sibelius, maybe a little Beethoven, but I don't, even though I try, I can't sit around and listen to classical music. My only point being is that when I listen to this, I never noticed that it was in any way out of the ordinary as far as, like, orchestral slash classical music went. It, it never struck me as that. You mention it, and I can see what you mean, but it never, that never occurred to me. Did not occur to me, dude. Well, now you know. You listen to a lot of classical music? Not really. I just don't listen to a lot of music. Well, except for Tricky and Nicki Minaj. <laughs> exactly. You beat me to it. I was about to say, oh, except for Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Yeah. Although even she, you know, her output lately has just not been... Yeah, it's not up to snuff. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I can kind of, you know, get in the groove a little bit, you know, but still. Well, it's at the point where, again, okay, so... Megan Trainer, man. Just get with the ne- Megan Trainer. It'll be... You'll be good for like two months. Yeah. What about the Nicki Minaj? So, her song Anaconda, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which heavily... Sample, Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back. Mm-hmm. Like, we've gotten to that point where the current pop music is sampling stuff from when we were in high school that we know very well. That it's like, well, why is that even a, a thing? It's just another song that we know very well that's super popular. And she's just kind of, like, repurposed it. Whereas when we were in high school, there was tons of sampling going on, but, like, that's how we were introduced. We had no idea what it was stuff. sampled from until then we went and asked somebody or explored right. it. Yeah, or like, yeah, we happened to randomly hear the song and it's like, oh, that's what that's from. Like, okay. Like in the grocery store, probably. MC Hammer, you can't touch this. That's how that goes, if anybody was wondering. Yeah. That's for our Polish listeners who may or may not have been familiar with MC's work, Mr. Hammer. It's it's Rick James, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm in like seventh grade. I don't know what the hell that is. Even though it was, well, I guess even though it was probably only like five years, eight years previously. Oh n- no, you were in. What was that eighty not ninety nineteen ninety? Is that when that was from? It had to be. You right? could be right. So you were in. Well, you were in eighth was, grade, but I was probably eighth or ninth grade. Yeah, that Rick James song wasn't nineteen eighty six, was it? No, I was thinking. I was. I was thinking. I was in the seventies. I was thinking the Rick James song was like eighty three, and this song was like eighty nine. Oh, but I, I, I guess think, I just have my I years way you off. You're like, right. You can't touch this. Is nineteen ninety? I think you got and, five years on either end there, or something. And Super Freak is eighty one. So nine All years right, off. two and what? So actually, Baby Got Back is way older than Super Freak was. Oh my goodness, that's... Well, and see, I was going to give you... I was trying my best to make myself not sound as horrible, so I'm glad that you sound a little more horrible than you did initially, or that you thought you were going to, because the, uh, you know, regulators, Nate Dog, Warren yes. G., Yes. Now I didn't realize. Oh my goodness! I didn't realize that was a sample from 
another song by who? Like the Isley Brothers or some shit? Until. So when did Regulators come out? 98 or something? 99? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. I realized in 2006, like eight years later. So Regulators was 98. I realized that they had taken a sample. Regulate was actually 94. Sorry, regulate. Oh, it's even worse. It's so much worse. So, yeah, 2006. So, 12 years later, and that was sampled from... Does it have who that was sampled from? Was it Isley Brothers? Um, it wasn't. It might have, I think it was a singular man's name. Michael McDonald's song, I Keep Forgetting Every Time You're Near. Jesus. It also samples Sign of the Times by Bob James and Let Me Ride by Dr. Dre. It's No, but it's Mike McDonald. He's the... Um, Who's he? Uh, Doobie Brothers, right? Isn't he in Doobie Brothers at one point? Yes, I yeah, have. Yeah, he it was here. in Steely okay. Dan, Doobie, right, Doobie Brothers, and Kenny Loggins. Didn't know he was in Steely Dan, but there you go. Doobie Brothers. And when was that song, though? What was the um, name of the song? The song was I Keep Forgetting, parentheses, Every Time You're Near, which was from 1982. So I was 24 years off. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. So all I'm saying is, these kids, if this song is like, you know, what's her nuts? Minaj is sampling stuff from, what did you say, 10 years ago, 12 years ago? Yeah, well, let's see. Well, let's see that. No, no, Baby no. Got Back. No. I would say that was, I'm going to guess that was, that was 92 or 93. Let's see how, how right I am. 92. Granted, I gave myself maybe a, big, a little bit of a window, but yeah. So 92 to now would be, what's that, 22 years? Right. But there wasn't... Mm. Although I think it's different because the Minaj song doesn't just like sample it. It pretty much just completely repurposes it because it's the same subject matter. Right. And it's not just like she's stealing a hook or a beat. It's like the, the, pretty much the whole flipping thing. But yeah. Yeah, it's still... But it's just... Yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess it's hard for me to understand what a young person today It's hard to understand thinks. what any young person thinks about anything, and not because they're worse or weirder or anything than we were. It's just, it's fucking information. They just have everything. Right. They just Well, their have experience everything. is just different. And then also how, like, pop culture relates, right? So... Uh, the thing that, that got me is sitting around waiting for your song to come on MTV for six and a half hours. Well, there, there was yeah, no there other way to experience it. Maybe you would try to like call into the radio station and please sweet Jesus play this song that I like. <laughs> Remember those days? Did you ever do that? Did you call into the radio station to ask them to please sweet Jesus play the song that you like? No. Yeah, I did a couple times. Did it work? It did. Oh, they played it. Well, here's what happened. What did you request? Here's the only time this happened for me. So it, it's kind of a bit of a fuzz out thing. So I hope it in, was a uh, uh, Mud and Guts classic, like Shomer Shabbos. In the, uh, I guess in high school, that's where I was like, oh man, I'm alternative. I'm into alternative stuff, right? And you could get the college radio station like, from the pixies are the shit wilkes college in 
from Wilkes College in Wilkes-Barre. So you say Wilkes-Barre. We always, Wilkes-Barre, Wilkes-Barre. We always it's said Wilkes- Wilkes-Barre, but... It's Wilkes-Barre. My grandmother, who was born and raised there, always said Wilkes-Barre. 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 Yeah. So it was time. It was? No. Time um, by the jerk? So, so there was the college radio station, so I could call up. And, like, again, because it was college radio station, like, no one really listened to it. Like, they would say, oh, here's the number, blah, blah, blah. So I could just call up and, like, ask for anything, and then they would play it. They'd be like, hey, Brad called, and he asked for this thing, so here it is. And they'd be like, holy shit, the phone just rang. Yeah. Somebody's I mean, listening. it wasn't just me. There'd be, like, a, I think there's, like, a handful of, like, regular people or just people that would call, because they would get other requests, but it wasn't, like, trying to call into the local mega station. They had fans of the show. Yeah. It must have made them feel great. Yeah. So, so I went through a phase where I was like, it was just kind of like a weird experimentation. I was like, hey, I could just call this number and, hear and they will play the song. And the limiting factor was the fact that it was long distance. Oh. So, it, and even though in retrospect, what the hell did it cost? Like 25 cents per call. Oh, it yeah, was still but- like. What are all these calls to Wilkes-Barre? Right. 25 cents, 25 cents, 25 All these like 30 $12. second calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I can't just do this all the time. That was like the limiting factor to just <laughs> more or less turning this radio station into Brad Radio. I lived in the middle of the woods. I couldn't make a call without it being long distance. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Couldn't call any friend or any, well, that's all you called really, I guess, was friends without it being long distance awful so here's the thing that we're talking about this like time relative thing the thing that gets me and again i'm a star trek fan so i'll put this in star trek term please do but we reached a point several years ago where oh, you're, oh don't do start did i already talk about this i don't know the xkcd comic did it a little bit ago you're just gonna this they ha- did do it yeah i measure my life this way though yeah i didn't see that Whatever. Let's just it doesn't on. matter. No, please tell me. I gotta know. I, I, I I'm pretty more. sure I talked about this in Maybe. another episode. Who cares? Tell me that again. Star Trek, the Star Trek The Next Generation is as old as Star Trek The Original Series was when Star Trek The Next Generation was on television. No. Yes. No, 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 no. So you watch Star Trek, you watch Best of Both Worlds, Locute, I am Locutus. No. That looks like Star Trek The Original Series looks to us. No, no, but I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I don't. Well, I mean, you could say there's some type of constant involved, where like it's not just a purely linear relationship. Right. It's constantly accelerating. It's going because straight up vertical now, at least as far as like what things look like. That's what I'm going to tell myself. Although I will say that you do watch some of those old Star Treks, Star Trek Next Generations, and bad. in some of them, it's pretty freaking bad. But, Not all the time. But isn't sometimes... Like, because they did a lot of CGI. Yeah, but they would... They and it was like the first time CGI that. was like ever on television. And it's really... Like, it looks like a PlayStation they game They were pioneering sometimes. that shit, though. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it does not hold up to the test of time. <sighs> but they've also reworked all that shit, and it's awesome. So what? It, um, Next Generation was 22 years removed from original series? Uh, yes. And we're removed from what now? Oh, we are from TNG. Yes. 20- well, I mean, if you go by the first episode of both shows, 
Star Trek started in 1966. TNG started in 1988. 22 years. Oh my goodness. Six years. Oh. And then if you say so the very bad. end of next, because Next Generation ran for seven years. So if you go uh, 94 to 22, that would be 2016. So 2016, it's over. You can still watch season six or seven of Next Generation and be like, this is a little newer than the original series was. So you got two years to get your uh, TNG off. And once, yeah. once 2016 rolls around, you better be done. Don't look back. Unless it's like you're watching fucking Citizen Kane or something. But just then, for the academic exercise yes. of it all. But then, does that mean that now Star Trek, the original series, looks like something from the 40s? Yeah, basically, to basically kids to today. kids. Yeah, as compared to what we were looking at in 1990 or 92, it looks like Gone with the Wind or something. It looks like Gone with the Wind. Yeah, Maltese Falcon or something. Yeah, it looks like those old like Flash Gordon serials that they'd play before the movie. It's the Lone Ranger, basically. It might as well be the Lone Ranger. Yeah. Oh my goodness! But here's the problem. I guess it's not a problem. It's just the exception. And we talked about, we definitely talked about this. Um, 2001 was on, or was released, while the original series was still on television. So there's yes. that. Like, it was, even for its time, it was a cheap-ass, stupid-looking show. Well, I mean, television, especially at that time, like television versus movies, you know what I mean? Right. Like Kind of yeah, like movies budget, versus television this, now. Yeah. It's flipped around. We're doing some... Not completely f flipped around, but television's doing some crazy shit now. I like it. Yes, no, it's, it has flipped around, without a doubt. The business models have flipped around. Television is where you, I think you go for more serious shit now. That could be. Like, you In have Sharknados. Ways. Well, that's, uh, that's a TV release. Doesn't matter. I mean, Any Michael Bay release. Boy, we really pile on that poor fella. He's probably a very nice man, Brad. He, yeah. He doesn't deserve to be piled on. He works no. fucking hard. You know, he really does. Yeah, I felt bad when he did. The, he screwed up at CES and like walked off the stage. Oh, I just kind of felt bad. I for didn't him. see that. Oh, I'll send that to you. Oh. It's maybe yeah, don't. Like the teleprompter was screwed up, and he was just like, thought, okay, I'll just wing it. And he's like, I don't know what to say, and he's like, oh, walked off the thing. Boy. Yeah, that's it was when very it, awkward. You know what? That's you, you should have told him. That's when it's helpful to have a wingman. So Star Trek, the original series, started 48 years ago. See, that is more or less okay with me. I, I don't mind. It's when you compare it to things like Back to the Future. So right. Star Trek, the original series, ended in, what, 68? Back to the Future is 85. That's 17 years difference. Okay, go from Back to the Future, 17 years. That was 2002. Well, that was 12 years ago. <laughs> Back to the Future right. next year is 30 years old, which is more than twice as big of a gap as when the original series ended between then and Star Wars. Back to the Future, I can't remember that. Well, Back to the Future 2, we're about to actually be in the year that that takes place in. In, in just then a they couple go to 2015? months. 2015, a couple of months. Yeah. Hoverboards and self-drying jackets and self-tying sneakers. Jaws 27 with the holographic jaws comes down. Right. Imagine that, a holographic jaws. Ooh, Mr. Fusion. Terrifying. We're going to have our own fusion. 
strapped to the back of our cars like some sort of nuclear assholes. There's going to be fax machines in every room. Holy shit, fax machines in every room. Can you imagine? We're going to be watching multiple programs at once, Brad. Yes. We're going to have multiple streams of media. What's that? Our books won't have dust jackets because they'll have invented dust-repellent paper. Thank goodness we have dust-repellent paper for all of our precious, precious books that we have everywhere that we cherish and read every day. Dust-repellent paper is called a TV screen. It's called an iPad. Whether the TV screen is on a TV or an iPad or an iPhone. Right. Yeah. It's all fucking TV screens. I mean, they got that part right, at least. Well, they got it right, but they're a little odd. Because, I mean, the whole, like, oh, show me channels 21, 37, 131, and 22, and the Weather Channel, or whatever. Like, that was, like, 10 years ago. We've moved past that. How have we moved past that? We well, in the sense that we don't watch television screen? stations anymore. Like, the whole, like, oh, 57 yeah, yeah. channels oh, and right. nothing on. That was sure, a Bruce sure. Springsteen song in, like, 90-something. Well, yeah, yeah. But now it's like, okay, YouTube, right? There's actually... I guess I was thinking... Every single person has their own TV. So the joke... That's Dr. ridiculous. Makes, That's like oh, everybody no. having their own podcast about whatever random fucking bullshit topic or movie. I don't think that's true. I mean, you go on YouTube. My point is more about, like, the calling out and, like, manipulating the technology with your voice. Like Siri? Yeah, Siri-esque. How old's Siri now? Five years? Four years? I don't know. That was pretty good. That's all. It's like, I didn't really think about it from that perspective. But the calling out and controlling technology with your voice, pretty good. Make me a pizza? They still had to put it in the rehydrator, though. But then Marty was like, fruit. Remember, they were still a little poor because they couldn't afford to fix their fruit dispensing right. machine that came down. Well, and their the TV ceiling. screen that was the little, like, pull-down thing. It had, like, little glitches on it and Yeah, stuff. it did. It did. Yeah. <sighs> Only Marty would have kept up playing the guitar and not gotten in that accident. If only he could have uh, ignored Flea. Fucking flea. It all ties together. Always man. back to flea. Always. Why does He's everybody a have a flea story? The one time we went to find our friend John Gulich, who disappeared. Not really disappeared, but he was there at school the one year. He lived in Catasaqua. Uh he wasn't having a good time there. And we went to a tiny little Christian school. And me and Joss Whedon over the summer after our senior year, I think it was after our senior year. Drove Joss Whedon's VW van down to Catasauqua, driving around all of the neighborhoods, trying to find his... We had his address, but, you know, it was harder to find things back then. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe we were stupid. We had the address, but it was still hard to find. Because nobody could give us directions to it. We had to, like, find a map, a paper map, and, like, scour over it. But we could only get, like... I don't know, we knew what road it was off of or something, and we then had to just drive back and forth, and we found his house, finally. Look for any clues. Look for clues. A lot of ins, a lot of outs. Which of these houses might be his? Let's just walk back, let's just drive up and down the street until we happen to see him (laughs) in his yard. I think we had the number, but then maybe Joss talked, to his mom or his grandmother that lived with them or 
something and couldn't understand the name of the street and I could have been one of many. It might have been some scenario like that. But finally, we were pretty sure we found it, but the yard was just overgrown. The grass was maybe two feet tall. Like, yard grass, but just two feet tall yard grass. House looked deserted, and we kind of went, knocked on the door, kind of opened up a little bit, kind of went in. Hello? And it was just like a, I think it was just empty. And then we left. We never saw him again. That was too bad. But then as we're driving away, we looked down at our socks, and they were crawling with fleas. <laughs> oh! We, we wore Man. white socks. We're basketball players, so white socks. And it was just like, I don't, it's like somebody was pouring pepper on it from an invisible shaker. It was just there crawling. There were so many fleas, they just had abandoned the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just crawling. Crawling. Squirming. Worming. That's one of the worst, like, little bug stories I have. Just looking down there and seeing the... It just looked like a bad trip. You're like socks that went halfway up to your knee. (laughs) Yes, With the, like, red stripes. Halfway? They were right on my knee, probably. We had the big ones. The whole length of your lower leg was just... Filled. Just crawling in and out like they're already down in the little hairs and just finding warm spots along my leg and working their way down into my shoe area. They're already in there, just filled. Imagine if you uh, wore black socks that day. Oh, you would never have noticed. Imagine you that. Noticed. You would have been home. You would have. Ugh. Oh, they would have been everywhere then. They would have been everywhere. Because that's the thing. It's like a movie. You put the brakes on. Socks coming off, throwing them out the window. Shoes, throw them outside. What? Get it all off. Slam the shoes out. I don't even know. Put them in the back, maybe. Drive to a grocery store, get some plastic bags. Put them in the plastic bags. I don't even know what. It was awful. Ugh. The socks just went away, though. Those socks were dead to us. No more socks. What socks? What are you talking about? What socks? I didn't have any socks. I think we probably went and gotten Lysol or something, or Flea Killer. Just put it in the shoe. It's awful. We didn't look for John Gulich again. Like, oh well, we tried. We tried. Done with that. Did you see these pictures I put here? Yeah, I did. Do you know what I'm going for? We could we could post these here, but it's it's the shot from the front of the triumvirate, and then we see from behind the triumvirate, and Donnie turns mm-hmm. around and looks at the camera, and we can see the stage in the background so camera pointing away from the stage camera pointing towards the stage if you look at the shot where the camera's pointing away from the stage towards the back of the theater right walter's left side of his face dark donnie's left side of his face dark right the background dark and then you you turn around and it's like well isn't that fucking interesting walter's left side of his face is light Donnie's left side and his right side of his face is light. The left side of his arm there is bright, you know? It's just brightness from this side, brightness from the other side. But you just don't care when you're watching the movie. You don't, not only do you not care, you don't notice. Right. You don't. No, you don't notice. Well, because I think part of it is just how it's, it's delight, the light, not the light, the light. 
Delight. Are you saying delight? Wait, are you saying delight? Delight. 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 The light. The light the is light, my the light is just it's more imitating how our eye works, I think. Because well, in real life you never see I would those say. really harsh shadows. That's that's the kind of thing I'd spit out there. You mean the light? Are you saying delight <laughs> Seriously, are you saying delight or the light? The light. Groove is the, in the light. Heart. Groove is in the heart. heart. <laughs> Welcome to a very special musical night. You're saying what do you do when you're branded and you know that you're a man? <laughs> Wherever you go for the rest of your life, you must prove you're a man. Pussycat meow. I'm just looking them up now. Pussycat meow. Is that how that goes? <laughs> Oh, jeez. Okay. Branded. Branded. Arthur Digby Sellers. But not the real guy, but Branded is a real show. It is a real show. I never heard of this show. Me either. Didn't know it. In fact, I may have stumbled across that once in the last 16 years since this movie came out, because it's 16 years old, Brad. Yes. But I had forgotten about that. And so I looked I, up Brandon. I'm like, holy shit, it's a real show. Yeah, I was never sure. I, I felt like I For was never sure For all the many either. times I watched this movie, I was always like, I think that's just a fake show. Like, they're just making something up, like right, Gunsmoke right. or... Of course. Paladin or something. Right. It's just a thing like that, and they're just kind of making it up. But then, no, it's a real show. But never heard of it. It seems like something very, very... Uh, like, it's not something, you know, I know a lot of television. I've watched a lot of television, a lot of reruns, a lot of, uh, you know, cable TV weekends, yeah, a lot of yeah. uh, Nick at Night. I've watched a lot of Kung that stuff, Fu, and I brother. never heard of Branded. Well, what years? 65 to 66, yeah. Well, it was only on for, what, a season and a half? Yeah. Um, and they're only 30-minute episodes, which is kind of weird. Yeah, for back then, right? They were well, even for longer. now, it's weird. Like, well, they're usually sitcoms, but not. Yes, the sitcom will be the thirty-minute show. The drama I mean, this, will be an hour. Yeah, and this seems more like the drama, unless right. it's like a. I mean, did it air like a after school or something like that? I don't think so. Doesn't seem like that kind of not a Lone Ranger type of two Lone Rangers references. Um, doesn't seem like that kind of thing. Yeah, so that is kind of weird. Sunday night at eight thirty, and it was, it was half sponsored an hour. by. Proctor and Gamble. I wonder what came on in the eight to eight thirty slot. Hmm. I mean, I could I could watch some more episodes of this. You know, he gets his sword broken. He gets stripped of all of his yep. his uh, little um, brooches and insignias. Mm-hmm. His epaulets. His epaulets. Ep- epaulets. Epaulets. Yeah. Epaulets. So it kind of reminds me in, like, tone, maybe, of, like, The Fugitive. Well, totally. Which I just had to look up, which is 1963 to 1967. They were trying to play off the popularity of The Fugitive. That's what I think. It was kind of like, The Fugitive is popular. Westerns are popular. Let's just marry the two. A man without a home or a place or any dignity or any... He's got to get it all back Unjustly accused. Yes, he's innocent. But yeah, I, I'm on board with you. I thought this thing was made up, and I wasn't really sure until I 
and looked it up for this episode. But it is partly made up. Well, Arthur Digby Sellers is made up. Arthur Digby Sellers is made up. There was only 48 episodes. That's how you sell your lie, Brad. I'm going to tell you a little secret about lies. Yes. That's how you sell your lie. You pepper it with the truth, Brad. Yes, exactly. And you make up a lot of details that make it seem like it would be real. Very detailed. But then you got to have some of those details be true. If they find one that's true makes it necessary for them to disprove all of the details then, which they'll never be able to do. They'll never be able to disprove all the details necessarily. It depends on how you play it. Pepper your lies with truth, Brad. Pepper. So apparently, uh, kids, there was like a children's song kind of parody of this called Stranded. <laughs> and? Stranded on the toilet bowl. <laughs> What do you do when you're stranded and there ain't nothing on the roll? All but one kid got sucked down there at Bitter Bowl. To prove you're a man, you must wipe it with your hand. <laughs> it's kind of like did a spiritual up or did you prequel to uh, Don't Sit Down on the Plexiglass Toilet. A spiritual prequel. <laughs> yes. Boy, did you? how long did it take you to come up with that one? Right now? Just right now. I just off the top of my head. Jesus, I can just do man. it. I can just dole it out. Holy shit, that's good. Look, I'm writing that one down. That's how much I care about it. I'm taking time out right now to write it to a spiritual prequel to Plexiglass Toilet. Wow. I approve. But I know what you mean. It's Did they have these sorts of, uh, you know, satirical kiddo jingles back then? Apparently, yes. Apparently, yes. What do we do these days that was like that? Or maybe when we were kids, what did we have? We had... Uh, Seems like they were around. We had uh, Weird Al Yankovic doing it yeah. for us. We didn't have to come up with it. He did it for... Exactly. We didn't have to it's make like, them thank up. thank you, just... Alan. Or Albert. Al. Alfred. Weird. Alfred. W.A. W.A., the mystery of the Yankovic. The, uh, so in 1998, the Big Lebowski was referencing Branded. 1998 was a big year. 20 years. For Branded being mentioned. Branded is almost as old in the universe <laughs> of the Big Lebowski as the Big Lebowski is in this universe. Ouch. If that's we're true, close. that hurts. Well, we're within four years, three and a half years. In, uh, no, 30. In 19... Okay, I missed a decade. Thank goodness. Whew. The decade starts slipping away. I missed a decade. Because it was 68 that was over, right? Branded. Okay. Yes. However, in 1998, not only did the Big Lebowski reference branded, but also in the 1998 Disney television film Safety Patrol, they parody the theme song when the principal and patrols get the main character, Scout Bozell, who happened to be played by Bug Hall, kicked out of Safety Patrol for a crime that he was framed for. That's a Disney movie? A Disney television film. What year? 1998, same year. 1998 was a big year for Branded in pop culture, I'm telling you. So there were people, you had to be like born in the mid to late 50s to get all these Branded references, I think. Or like mid to late 50s up through 1970, let's say. Like in that 15 year span. Because when was, well... 
No, because we weren't watching what? original Star Trek and shit. No, nah, I don't. I'm trying what to figure show? it out. I don't know. I can't figure it out, Brad, why we never heard of this. Well, the show was only on for a year and a half. It doesn't seem like it was a huge hit. Well, Star Trek was only on for three years. How long was Gilligan's mm-hmm. Island on? Two well, and a so half what years? What I will say for Star Trek is... I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe it is similar to Star Trek. Because Star Trek found its fame and its audience after it was canceled, when they started playing in reruns. Wasn't it the same thing with Gilligan's Island? I have no idea. The first season was in black and fucking white. Yeah, I know. Crazy, isn't it? Yes. And they said, and the rest. Right, and the rest, just to keep their options open. Like, no, the, instead of saying the professor and Marianne, it was just like, and the rest. Well, maybe there'd be other people on the island that could introduce them here and there if ratings yeah. got low, too. Maybe. I don't know why. It, yeah, if it was just to exclude those two, that's fucking weird. I often like to think that, so, that the show Lost was kind of like the modern gritty reboot of Gilligan's Island. Kind of how they rebooted Battlestar Galactica and took it from the campy 1970s sci-fi into this like super serious, dark, dreary sci-fi psychodrama. You know what? They could that, do the same thing with Gilligan's it Island. Definitely but it definitely is that. It's it was obviously that. Yeah. Absolutely. That does make it better also, actually, because Lost got pretty fucking stupid there at the end. That does make it better. Unfortunately true. But if you think about it as a reboot of Gilligan's Island, you're actually okay with it, I think. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's pretty like good. It's one of the coolest shows ever. Yeah, pretty good. Walter's, here's what I'm saying, though, for the first time, and I'm going to treat you as if you're not listening to me. Walter's got a man crush, an art man crush, on Arthur Digby Sellers. He is overstating the impact that Arthur Digby Sellers has on culture, nationally and personally, just from a 30,000-foot view and also to the one-foot view, his own mind and the national consciousness. He had never fucking heard of this guy. He's overstating it. He's enamored with the prospect of hobnobbing with celebrity, I think, not knowing that he's in an iron lung and can't communicate. Sin Duda. Well, that's just your opinion, man. In Spanish for without a doubt. No I Duda. There is no dude. <laughs> I am telling you. About, yeah, I mean, that. Walter does seem like someone who maybe came in with the whole, like, he just found out from his bum network about Arthur Digby Sellers. And it's like, yeah, you know, Arthur Digby Sellers. Right. He didn't fucking know. He had no idea who that was. He's acting like he did. He didn't. That's all. I got nothing else. It's just like, I think Walter's like proud of his research and his ability to do research and also tickled at the prospect of meeting what he considers to be a celebrity. Well, and as he's tickled like this, he is, he's kind of, because he's kind of losing his Walterness a little bit and how he's tickled. He's experiencing the joy. Because what I've noticed here is there's a halfway through this minute, there's somewhat of a role reversal. Instead of it being shut the fuck up, Donnie, it, it is turned into he is the one kind of blathering on and the dude and Donnie are kind of like, knock it off. Shut the fuck up, Walter. I mentioned there was the shh, they shushed him. Right. And then also he's kind of like, at the, at the end, he's like, and yes, we'll be near the 
the uh, and it's Donnie that has to pipe in, be like in and out. And then Walter says, "Burger." Did you notice that? Well, he goes some burgers, some beers. But he goes. He does, he does say burger. Like he finishes yeah, he the says, in and out. He finishes. No, I didn't notice that. Right. He's like, "We'll be by the," uh, and he's so like excited to possibly meet Arthur Digby Sellers. He can't finish it. Donnie turns around, in and out burger, a few burgers, a few beers, a few laughs. Yep. I was just checking out him saying some burgers. Well, you I'm know, not sure confirm. if he actually says that because I think he just says some burgers. All right, let's have some fascinating radio and go check it out here. I have it down here. It's, um, no, I didn't write the time down. Well, I have it here. I mean, I just listened to it full on. You could probably hear the bleed through my headphones because I, I turned it, it up. I, I can't believe it. But yeah. I mean, it was probably, if you didn't hear it, the listeners might hear it because my headphones are a lot closer to uh, their mic than yours. But oh, I see. Yeah, we use multiple mics in this show. It's very complicated. Yes. There, it. This podcast is the kind of podcast that requires many mics. If only... We have such a... Any of our dear listeners had Dolby 7.1 surround. They would be in for a real treat. A real, <laughs> real nice treat. I can't listen for this. I'm not going to do it right now. I'm yeah. going to stick to my guns. I'll revisit I, it for next yeah, time. Yeah, we'll revisit it. We can revisit it. I don't hear... I, he, cause he, I'm thinking maybe because he, he says some burgers, some beers, have a few laughs. And again, even the way he's like, this whole like something about him like this he's desperateness giddy. for human contact. And like, yeah, we can be like friends. We'll have some burgers, some beers, have a few laugh. Like, I don't know. It's just interesting. He's giddy as a schoolboy right now. Yes. And that's what I was getting at. He's experiencing almost that childlike joy, which is devoid, understandably devoid from his life because he is a Vietnam veteran. After all, he's probably experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder, which in 1991 probably hadn't even really been right. identified. He's, he's undiagnosed. Right. Maybe they called it shell shock, for lack of a better term. But, you know, he's undiagnosed with this disorder. So he's doing his best to, like, fit into the world of the square community, you know, and even just normal, just trying to enjoy things that regular people enjoy and he can't do it which is why he goes out on like oozy wielding ringer throwing nonsensical quote-unquote adventures you know and is pointing guns in people's faces we're laughing at it everybody laughs at it it's a real good time but it's a serious ailment for walter and i think the prospect of whether Arthur Digby Sellers is actually one of his heroes or not. Not exactly. Like, maybe he actually did know him. But I think he's just... This gives him a little... Maybe just a little shot of dopamine that he doesn't have too often. Or maybe... Who knows what. Just just tapping into that childhood joy. Or maybe he's just really excited that he gets to brace a kid. <laughs> Because he seems to be kind of excited about that, too. Should be a pushover anyway. You know? Finally, uh, I get to stand up to somebody. Definitely get to take him down. Why, though? He stands up to people. They always back down. Who doesn't back down from Walter? I don't know. I like the idea. He is kind of a punk, that Larry Sellers. <laughs> so. He's excited to brace a kid. Ah. <sighs> 
got a million. So we have anything else? This has been a rollicking ride. A rollicking we, uh, ride. Well, do we do we quit while we're we're ahead or? Let me tell good? you. Let me tell you something before we go. If you get caught between the moon and New York City, no, I'm not gonna. I I don't have anything. I have other things, but I don't care. I wrote down the Donnie dance as a trance. I do the Don. Uh, uh, what is that? <laughs> well, I almost oh, forgot. Oh, that's his dance, huh? I almost forgot what it was. But then, as Walter starts singing the branded theme song, Donnie, I think, has no fucking idea. All but one man died there. Bitter creek. Donnie has turned around to look at him. He kind of does this, like, very subtle... Okay, I'm nodding my head. I'm kind of bouncing my head along to the music as if I have a vague recollection of what this is, but I don't think he does. I think the dude and Walter know what it is, just like they knew which Lennon Walter was talking about intuitively, and Donnie's just in a different world. But he's trying to pretend like he knows the song. That's all. It's at 6814. He's, uh, yeah. Well, I will say, Walter's rendition of the song... Not real spot on is it spot on it's like i don't know if that was like intentional or simply john goodman had never heard the song and just improvised i think he had never heard the song because it's nothing like it yeah they didn't bother to like well back then you know what would it take to be like oh we need to get an episode of branded for john goodman to watch like you couldn't just pull that up on your iphone on the set like you would have to do the forethought to like order it from the Warner Brothers archives a month in advance. It probably fell through the cracks, and Joel was just like, well, I'll sing it to him as best I can remember it. Won't really matter. Guess what? It doesn't matter, does it? But it's not even close. What? And like I said, and I think his weird rendition kind of like helps me. I mean, really, he couldn't sing it for real. Like, you heard me sing it. Right. How would that possibly work in this scene with the timing and pacing and everything? For him to start to go into this kind of like a long croon. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Dirgy thing. It wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked at all. You know, branded. (laughs) All but one man died. There at Bitter Creek. And they say he ran away. Like it wouldn't have worked. That would not have worked. You're right. Sometimes you, you never have to know. Make... They could have maybe originally did it that way, and they're like, "No, cut. That doesn't work." It's probably multiple takes, and yeah. they were just or like, at the very least they up. worked it out like in rehearsal or whatever the table right. read." But make it up, man. Make it up. It's not going to matter, and it doesn't matter because nobody's heard of it. It's just another example of things not mattering that maybe you think would, just like the lighting. One side, the other side. Oh wait, both sides of their faces yeah. are lit. Well, that kind of. On consistency and accuracy just you're right it doesn't matter and so here's so i'm going to relate this back to photography our brains usually veto our eyes it's why you can't trust eyewitnesses in a court case completely true and it's also when you're making a film or taking a photograph you're trying to create a feeling right you're not trying to create reality like reality is horrible right it wouldn't you wouldn't want to look at it Sometimes reality is beautiful. I'm going to stick to that. But yes, okay. I know I'm. I understand what you're saying in this context. Like, and that's so. That's both part of what's great and horrible about film again, or or digital, especially now because digital. You think it has way more detail, way more to resolution. Reality. 
But if you're going to take a picture of someone like of Walter, do you want to be able to see like each individual eyebrow, every nose hair? Do you want to see every the little, little gradation of skin on us? You don't want to see that. The little worms and fleas oozing out of his pores. Yeah, you, you just don't want that. Hell no. And the same thing with uh, so so. This is what's actually really gotten me going lately is the fact that you know you you listen to photo geeks and they really get into sharpness, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like how sharp is it? How mm-hmm. sharp is your lens? Mm-hmm. Or your glass, that's even better, mm-hmm. right? Your glass, sharp glass, mm-hmm. really sharp. Oh, look how sharp. Oh, let me like blow this pic- this picture up to 100%. And oh, look how sharp it is. Blow it up to 100%. How all this isn't sharp. It's that. no good, mm-hmm. right? But. Well, except for the background. You want a nice bokeh. You don't want the background. To yeah, be you sharp. want that. Henri Cartier-Bresson, okay. the most revered photographer. HCB, they call him. I call right? him Hank, but that's just because we're tight. He said sharpness is a bourgeoisie concept. I wish he would have said and bourgeoisie concept. you know what? He was conceit. fucking right. <laughs> okay. Why? Who the fuck cares how sharp it is? That has nothing to do whether or not the photograph is good. Stop worrying about the sharpness. That's all. You can take... I mean, I'm not going to worry over sharpness. I'm worrying more about is my picture sharp than I am if it's a good picture that conveys an emotion or a story or an idea. You know that I agree with you on some level, but I have to play devil's advocate. I took lots of good moving photographs with my grandparents' like two double system VHS camcorder back in the 80s, where you had to strap the recording unit onto your shoulder, then there was a separate uh, camera, and then the yeah. wire hooked into the other thing. And then you record. So in that sense, it's like a Ghostbusters proton pack. It's except a Ghostbusters it's a, proton <laughs> pack. Except it's a. And God forbid you device. cross those fucking video streams, all hell would break loose. Did I take some nice moving pictures? Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe did I frame some things pretty good here or there? Sure. Would I have rather have been using something that looked good and didn't look like? I had smeared Vaseline on my eyeballs. Sure. Yeah. Unless I was making a movie about somebody with Vaseline smeared on their eyeballs. So while I agree with Hank, sometimes sharpness is not everything. I would rather have more information, especially with light field technology coming, but I would rather have more information and then decide what to do with it and how to treat it then starting with less information and not having any options. How about that? Like everything, you know, there's a middle path. And I think, yes, you're right. I guess the problem is when getting that information and that level of fidelity trumps what should never, the actual content. Right, right. It should never trump the content or the story or the mood or it doesn't it doesn't trump anything, really. But it gives you options. Conversation had been brisk and pleasant until suddenly and simultaneously Brad and Adam became doctors. And victims of their of own conceit. I was going to say victims of the <laughs> poop deck. <laughs> Very good. You did it. I like when All you right. do it once in a while. I'm going to hit stop.
Okay, I'm gonna hit stop too. Next time on Gutter Balls. We came to talk about little Larry. May we come in? Cheers.